0: Birches, a poem by Emily Van Clay. For A. and D.V.K. Bones in the dark woods. Lamplight, when the moon rises. You proffer leaves, ovate, nutritious, to the many stomached deer. On the ice edge of starvation, moose peel your paper. Gain what hours they may. O oh, possessors of Ament, catkin, bract, Lovers of Muskeg, Boreal, Lois, Survivors among the droughty, The wind-thrown and scarified. You are no stranger To intimate mixtures with long-lasting types Such as white pine and sugar maple stark supermodels of the forest, though you may be. In your yearbook of shed pages with their coiled peach flush, I say I hope you never succumb to skeletonizer, to leaf miner, to lightning strike or rot. I pitch my tent among you and begin to feel other than my noisome arrival, hope to be judged susceptible of a good polish, if not possessed of a graceful air. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping
1: experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast. And you can relax, you can go paddling, you
2: can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake and I remember catching walleye there before.
1: I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters. It's it was really cool. It was my first time.
3: The route from
4: Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake, with with no packs, with with only a
3: day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the Northern Star, and in the deep dark blue, come the Northern Lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue, come the
4: Welcome to episode 69 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I am your surprise guest host, Emily Van Clay.
0: And I'm Matthew Baxley. Per usual, this time of year, we're sitting on a picturesque scene. And would you like to describe it for us?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a lake that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> it is uh, long and gently sparkling. There's not actually much sunlight, it's kind of gray. And we are sitting across from a lovely mix of pines and spruce and aspen, maybe birch. It's embarrassing that I can't tell from here. And rocks, spruce, birch or aspen? Both. Thank you, that's what I meant. My dad just went knee deep in the water, you okay dad? Hey, perfect. Awesome.
0: Perfect.
4: <laughs> There's some... uh it's
0: hands full with, what is in that bag? Yeah,
4: what's in that bag?
0: It's actually fish.
4: It's actually fish. Yeah. Great. Tell
0: us about some of these people you came out okay. with today.
4: Okay. So I am out here with my father, uh, David Van VanClay, who has been coming to the Boundary Waters every year for quite a while now. I'm here with my partner, Allison Eby who is a fishing enthusiast um, and has caught how many walleye today?
1: Just one today.
4: Just one today. Two. There you go. You know what? And she's humble. She doesn't brag about how many fish she caught. And <laughs>
0: Unless there's more than two. Unless there's more than two.
4: Uh, and I'm here with new friends, uh, Joe and Matthew.
0: Lovely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know... Becoming one of the most fun things to get to know new friends in the context of the wilderness. I can't think of any more natural, relaxed setting. I mean, even we didn't get a lot of time to chat paddling because.
4: The waves were obnoxious.
0: Yeah, it was windy. And and let's come back to that because that, I think, was formidable. (laughs) But really, like, just paddling around, fishing for walleye and Sitting on rocks mm-hmm. in this scene—I mm-hmm. mean, what more relaxed way to just be hanging out?
4: Yeah, no, no, I agreed. I think
0: everybody's listening to this probably <laughs> yes. relates to that in some way. So this usually uh, on the podcast we have some sort of theme, Great. and. This theme is all about just, like, process. Okay. Right? Yeah. So we had a process of coming out here today. Mm -hmm. We, you know, it was gone on for a long time. Joe has had this process of getting to know your dad over many years. Mm -hmm. and uh, Hopefully they're going to share a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. You have had this process of getting to know this place Mm -hmm. that has really extended throughout much of your life. So in the theme of process, uh, let's start with the process of paddling out here, okay. and then we can talk a little bit about your process of falling in love with the place that we're sitting in right now. I love it. Do you want to describe the uh, conditions?
4: Yes. Okay. Uh, the conditions getting out here were very windy. There is some significant wave action, um, a little bit of nose flapping of the canoe, nose flapping Can
0: you define that, please?
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's where the nose of the canoe flaps up and down. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a roller coaster. Like I was going to say a Bronco, though I've never been on one, but similar. Yeah. Maybe one of those mechanical bulls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The
0: rollers were big.
4: The rollers were large. Yeah. They were big. And we packed our canoe in such a way that the lightest person and the smallest amount of gear was in the front of the canoe also. So there was, yeah, some good choices made there and my shoulders are still burning a little bit we definitely had to like we had to really paddle uh with all of ourselves in order to get out here uh oh and we went well maybe i won't be too specific about because i don't want to give away the location
0: we had a good portage too
4: we had a good portage it was tall it it went up steep it was steep it was tall and steep and it went up for a while mm-hmm. um And I carried the canoe, which I like to do. Um, That was something that I found. I did it. I learned to do when I was in college and I was um, up here in the Boundary Waters. And I went on a trip actually with all, all female identified people for the first time. And we all learned together that we could carry canoes. And it wasn't because we had thought we were weak before and it wasn't because we were with, you know, male identified people who were jerks, but there's just this way that in an unspoken way, those gender divisions tend to happen, you know, um, and nobody wants to be figuring something out that's difficult in front of people who seem to know what they seem to already know how to do it. Um, so that was really, that was one of the things, one of the times that I fell in love with this place was kind of learning my own strength. Um, in that context and being like, well, I guess I can do whatever I need to do. And that's really helped me in the rest of my life too, actually. So it sounds like
0: you came up a lot growing up with your dad, Dave, who's over there wrapping up his walleye cleaning extravaganza. Mm -hmm. But there was something about that trip that was sort of a rite of passage for you and many of the people that were on that. What was the process like before and after that?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as a kid, and really as a teenager and young adult too, it was really easy to let my parents take care of everything. Um, And why not? And why not? Because that's kind of your job when you're a kid, right? Um, And I, you know, when I was, I went through a stage where I felt like I was being dragged into the woods, and it wasn't what I wanted to do, and then I went through a stage where... uh, as a teenager, my friends and I loved being in the woods, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe this thing my parents made me do for years and years was actually kind of great." But yeah, I think I, I definitely wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't in a place where I actually had all the pieces for how to make being in the wilderness happen for myself.
0: Yeah, you had a lot of pieces. Yeah but they hadn't like kind of been all put together.
4: Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like I knew how to make that happen. And uh studying up at at Wolfridge as a undergrad and you know getting to plan and take our own trips out into the boundary waters was was one of yeah, it was one of those moments where um I was able to kind of see the whole picture make my own preparations take responsibility um and I found out that I was stronger than I knew I had more endurance than I knew and um and love the woods even more because of it I think just yeah that's not very specific
0: it's a big thing though
4: that's a big thing yeah that's a really big thing
0: and you're with peers yeah so that is such a different dynamic at that point for sure for sure, And, yeah. like, there's no hierarchy that can kind of come with
4: family, so you're yeah.
0: all, like, kind of expected to share the load and yeah. the responsibilities. That's yeah. a big difference. Yeah,
4: absolutely. And, you know, you sort of, it's also a time, at least it was, for me to kind of find your voice and, and figure out that I have opinions about how to do things, you know, the way I want to do things, or there's ways that I like to interact with the outdoors that might not be the ways that I was you know, that I, that I did growing up, I learned how to J stroke. That was, that was key. That was a big, exciting moment for me. I was like, wait a second, you can steer the canoe without just putting the paddle on the other side. Yeah, (laughs) Which is,
0: that's an empowering
4: thing. It is so empowering. And yeah, without that, I mean, without that experience, I don't know that I would know. I don't know that I would feel as confident now taking out people who've never been on a canoe before, you know, like, I don't know if I would be as confident in sharing it with other people. hmm Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And so, Al. Yeah. Okay.
4: Uh,
0: your partner over here mm-hmm. of how many years?
4: Uh, um, 18. 18 going on 19, maybe. Or 17 going on 18. 18. Somehow.
0: At this point, it doesn't matter. It's, cl- it's a long time. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, you introduced Al to the Boundary Waters? Yes. Uh, so we're going to hear a little bit about that Great. In, get Al over here. in just a minute.
1: Uh, hi, this is Alice Neeby. I am Emily's partner and I am sitting here on this lake that shall not be named uh, with a microphone in one hand and a fishing pole in the other, catching some walleye. It's a beautiful thing. Um, This is my second time to the Boundary Waters. The first time was about eight years ago, and we uh, both times have stayed at the Rockwood Lodge and have spent time with Em's family out here. Emily's family is really my introduction to the Boundary Waters and also the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I've been able to spend lots of time up there and to kind of outdoor activities in general. Backpacking. We live in Washington now, so we do a lot of a lot more backpacking than we do canoeing. Um, but I absolutely love coming out to these lakes. There's something really magical about lake to lake portaging and backcountry camping, and you don't really see any other people. You have the whole lake and the whole island to yourself to camp. And um, I experienced my first leech here in the boundary waters uh on a little a little island that we canoed to and we were putting our camp together on the island and all of a sudden i looked down and there's a a leech between my toes and it was first leech i'd ever had and i you don't not,
3: have leeches, right? We don't
1: have leeches. And i'm not a squirmish. Like i don't usually I'm, i I've pretty high tolerance i think for gross things. I like to fish and So I go to reach down to take this leech, pick this leech off of my foot. And I have, you know, stand by me. My only reference is they all get out of the lake and they're covered in leeches and they're freaking out. And there's, you know, bloody leeches. And so, but I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to pick this leech up off my, from between my toes. And I reach down to pick it up. And as soon as I picked it up off my toe, it had hundreds of baby leeches underneath it that went all down my arm and all over my foot and all over my leg and at that point I freaked out. <laughs> and, Ellie, Ellie! Ellie! Leeches all over me! <laughs> and I'm trying to wash them off in the water and they're sticking to me and it was it was pretty gross. They um, were grabbing do. on, doing their thing and I was trying to wipe them off frantically and um, it was kind of funny. And yeah,
0: literally hundreds of
1: specs. Hundreds of little tiny little baby leeches and once I got over the what is happening to me right now i decided that it was really cool and i put them in a ziploc bag because i actually had a ziploc baggie of leeches in my pocket because i was fishing for walleye with leeches so they weren't weren't local leeches. they weren't local leeches they were the kind you buy at the
0: bait shop but the one on your
1: but the one on my foot was and i thought look if i can carry a bag of leeches in my pocket for walleye i can certainly bag up mama leech here and with some babies and take it back to the cabin for the nephews because who doesn't want to pet leech with babies I did anyway at that <laughs> I point I think a lot of people don't want that N- maybe <laughs> like, not but, but neighbor really did want it. I thought it was pretty special <laughs> so I bagged him up and brought him home. we made him a little aquarium in a, out of an old mayonnaise jar mm-hmm. and we had that mama leech for a little while while we were camping at least mm-hmm. yeah
0: and the way you were describing it to me earlier is that it was actually kind of like like there was a sense of I don't want to anthropomorphize it too much but there was a <laughs> sense of nurturing like the leeches would all kind of come back together under the mama oh yeah like she was, was
1: like the mother ship yeah. yeah. And all the
0: little leeches came back. Yeah, and they were all
1: seeking safety under her and they catching curled, her. They
0: would all curl up
4: into
1: yeah, little circles, too. Into they little circles, like... and then she just would kind of flatten herself out, and there was a whole whole oh. bunch of little baby leeches underneath her that were just hanging out. Yeah. I don't know how long they do that for, or, or yeah. There's a dog barking. Yeah. So, interestingly, Is it a, we... <laughs> a it's,
4: a it's not a dog.
0: Oh, it wasn't a dog? It's a frog. It's a frog? i think it's like uh, 20 feet over that way
1: that sounded very much like a dog to me
3: yeah
1: um we've also just heard some fireworks off in the distance which threw all of us off a little because we feel like we're surrounded by wilderness and haven't seen any other people and but it's fourth of july weekend and Mm. we did hear a couple of fireworks
0: yeah yeah which is i mean it sounded like gunshots so that's you know i'd rather hear fireworks than yeah gunshots Cool. So this is your second time in the wilderness.
1: Second time in the the boundary waters. waters. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. But you've had lots of wilderness experiences. I thought you articulated well the uniqueness of the paddling experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the scheme of all the things, all the ways that you like to travel. What do you think uh, makes this unique?
1: Um, Well, I mean, just the lakes upon lakes is really what makes it unique
0: and the, dogs.
1: And, the and the frogs <laughs> the that sound dogs. like a dog in the distance <laughs> that's funny um just the lakes upon lakes i mean i'm
0: as an angler i would imagine
1: yeah i mean i'm from washington where you know we do a lot of backpacking and we get up you know but it's a lot of uphill and and switchbacks and you know getting up to alpine lakes which i love alpine lakes in its own you know it's a that's a great way to go be outdoors um but you really have to work hard to get away from people <clears throat> in washington and so uh here you get to you know just. Get a backcountry permit and then launch your canoe on a lake, and it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's, it's like car camping and backpacking. You get to take all the stuff, you know. And you get to take all the, all the luxury sort of, sort of speak of car camping, except that you get to get into the wilderness, which. For me, is I was won over the first trip we did. I was like, mm. Oh, I wish we could do this more. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: fish
0: right from camp.
1: We'll fish right from camp. You know, and the portaging is usually not that brutal. You know, it's not. It's not a long distance. You're not having to do he a. Says
4: this as the person who doesn't carry the canoe, I, I oh. say that
1: I say that as the person that carried the um, Duluth pack, yeah, which is considerable, not the canoe, yeah. but um, I the
0: fishing rods that were a bit of a cluster. Well, and
1: the fishing rods that were much of a cluster, that was, yeah. Um, a lot of learning I might, that might do that know. differently next time. Um, but um I, I will say that it's such a short distance that usually, because there's so many lakes that it, it's like, okay, we're just going to tromp, tromp, tromp through the brush for a minute, and then we get to be free on the lake again, you know, and do some more paddling. So I love it. I love that you can get into the backcountry and still have... All the, yeah, car camping stuff. It's kind of fun.
5: Gratitude to the great sky who holds billions of stars and goes yet beyond that, beyond all powers and thoughts, and yet is within us. Grandfather Space, the mind is his wife. So be it. Gary Snyder, Turtle Island from 1975. So while Matthew and Emily and Allison sat nearby, I was cleaning fish with my old friend Dave Van Clay from Marquette, Michigan. met Dave many years before on the Gunflint Trail. The common bond then was fishing, remains that to this day. But we've shared many different experiences and had many, many deep conversations over the past eight years. the common thread in the group was family and friendship, but there were so many different layers, so many different elements of this group gathered in the Boundary Waters on this particular day. It was a fascinating scene as Dave and I sat and started to reflect on some of the memories we've made, fishing, canoeing, traveling, and talking in the Boundary Waters. Let's head back to the the lake.
2: Why don't you come back? (laughs)
5: Well, I'm here watching Dave slip bobber. Dave's missed a few fish today, (laughs) Uh, and Dave and I have caught many fish over the past eight years, as Dave recently brought to my attention. Dave, you and I uh, met at a lodge on the Gunflin Trail, Rockwood Lodge, many years ago, it seems, and we've just been fishing ever since that's been the bond but it's certainly grown a lot deeper than just fishing over the years and I guess that's the most interesting part about fishing the connection and the travel in the boundary waters Dave sure is, yeah. tell me a little bit about uh who you are and what brought you up here and how we met and all that stuff
2: yeah well uh yeah my name's Dave Van, Van Clay um I have been well I'm 68 years old and as a child our family we lived in the mostly the Chicago and Los Angeles areas but we would uh, during the summertime we'd always go up into the North woods um, Wisconsin Minnesota Michigan every year and uh, developed a great love for it, it my my parents didn't go wilderness um, they didn't do anything in the in the wilderness so we go to go to a lakeside cabin or something like that but there was already something for me like, my goodness, this is so different from urban settings that I grew up in and I I loved it. I just loved uh... birch trees and pine and maple, sugar maple and lakes and elbow room and the blue sky, just so many things. And So when I was in college, it's a long story, but um, I wanted to do something different so I Applied for a job. I wrote the I wrote the Chamber of Commerce in Grand Marais, and I got a, a letter back from Hungry Jack Lodge. And
5: what what year was this day?
2: Oh my, I'd say about 1973, 74, something like that. And um, so he said, uh, Jerry Parsons, who owned the place at the time, said, "Come on up for an interview," and and we got up here for for an interview, and, and Jerry wasn't there when we pulled in. It was in the fall of the year. We were just kinda of hanging around, and pretty soon here comes this big guy in a truck with a moose in the back. And uh, <laughs> and that was, and then, and then we had our interview, and he basically said, hey, guys, can you, um, how much, how many uh, pounds of chicken do you prepare for this many people, or something like that, and my wife, said well she 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 gave him an estimate and he said you nailed it you got the job
5: (laughs) that was the interview
2: (laughs) that was the interview uh we decided oh we didn't want to take the job (laughs) in the long run it was just a little bit too much culture shock for us and Mm -hmm. we went down the hill and down to uh Duluth and we ended up in Marquette Michigan I went to Northern Michigan University and on from there to to uh, Luther Seminary in St. Paul and was a Lutheran pastor for many, many years. And and in, along the way, we started coming up to the BWCA and come with my wife before we had children, just when our children were born. And then later on when our kids were growing up and taking also youth groups and this sort of thing up here. And then afterwards, too, um, in, uh, later on in life, Been coming back, um, had some some wilderness trips, but also we always come every year to Rockwood Lodge and hang out for a week or two and do day trips.
5: But still at the end of the day, Dave, uh, the listener may be wondering, what's a 60-year-old Lutheran pastor, minister doing sitting on the banks of a Boundary Waters Lake with a 39-year-old disgruntled news
2: reporter? I mean... What's going on here, Dave? I don't know. There's a a connection, right? (laughs) We like to fish, for one thing. Both of us really like to fish. And uh, we enjoy fishing together and also talking about all kinds of things, just everything under the sun. and um, Really, and it's funny how that is, you know, relationships, how they start and develop. So every year, you know, I mean, I don't see Joe that much. We send an email back and forth, and every year we meet... Least, least once during the summer, and uh, hang out together and catch up, and it's always a great time. Hmm. And what about the boundary
5: waters, Dave? In this relationship that we formed over the the original bomb being fishing, but what do you think about the boundary waters being a part of that? There goes a bobber down. Hey, hey, that hey. wasn't eight seconds. Hello, man. Sounds like you don't need it. Uh, oh, but maybe. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, so, Dave, what do you think about the Boundary Water? Like, would, could this have happened if we were in North Iowa? You know, this this <laughs> or uh, or Marquette, Michigan? Would the would this friendship have blossomed in the same way?
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't have happened in North Iowa. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe the U.P. of Michigan. There's yeah. places somewhat similar to this, but actually, there's nothing similar to the BWCA though. Just the space you know the size of this area and you know the many uh you know the many options to get out all by yourself you know at this place there's nobody here on this lake it's a beautiful lake um uh, that's what makes it so special is that you know you work you work hard to get to a place like this and look at there goes that slip bobber it went, went up i didn't have a chance to even set the hook on it anyway um there's some uh, something very very special about and precious yeah. about wilderness mm-hmm. places that aren't you know developed and there's not jet skis all over the place and yeah. cabins and mm-hmm. quiet and you know we saw mergansers and with babies and loons and mm-hmm. otters uh, joe was talking about a family of otters last night at his campsite and yeah. Moose on this particular lake the last time we were up here and yep. just so many wonderful things. Yeah. I think. I think mutual appreciation.
5: Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: Yeah, and that's so great about
5: uh that the wilderness essentially brought made this friendship and, and fishing and uh the the bond that Dave and I have shared and extended now to family and friends and uh up here as a group, you know, there's essentially in circumstances like this, people meeting for the first time, strangers, and that it's this is a very comfortable thing because the, there's the the backdrop of the Boundary Waters makes it it's, everyone's in a pretty good space. It seems.
2: Yeah, I think so too, and I, I think there's something you know. I'm a clergy person. I'm a person of faith, and I think there's something deeply spiritual and sacred about places like this. Um, most religious traditions honor uh the land uh the place of the land the gift of the land the gift of water um it's a very 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 precious thing and not to be taken lightly to be prized enjoyed protected and shared
5: it's a pleasure to be out here with you dave
0: Well, Dave has just hooked into uh, what hopefully is a walleye. It's nap time. Two o'clock is nap time. And uh, there's people jabbering about something called a two o'clock nap time. <laughs> and uh, as we transition back to our canoes here in a moment, we're gonna hear a little poem. But before we do, would you mind, M, um, telling us a little bit about your poetry?
4: Okay. Okay. Well, I write poetry. That's true. Um, that's what
0: you do.
4: That's what I. That's what I do professionally. That, and I'm a circus artist, so I have a have a really fun life <laughs> right now these days. Um, so my first book is mainly set in upper michigan Mm -hmm. it's memoir poems mostly it's called the cold and the rust um and then i have a new book that just came out in kind of in january covid made the whole release process really different this year mainly because there was a shortage of paper that's one of the things that we've (laughs) there was a shortage of yeah so the release date got pushed back and some orders got shipped late anyway but if you ordered that book hopefully you have it by now um, and that book is called Arrhythmia uh, and it's a book about various kinds of grief uh, mainly the grief of losing a dear friend but also um, some poetry about climate change and uh, sort of coming of age and queerness and stuff yeah it's. A <laughs> so to read that <laughs> I hope one. you like it yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, that's 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 what I've written so far, um, and right now I'm working on fiction, which is a hard thing to figure out after a decade of mostly just writing poetry. But I'm having a good time trying to tell stories, sort of trying, trying. Yeah, that's all we're doing. We're all, all just trying. Yeah.
0: From the Boundary Waters Canaria
3: Wilderness Thanks for listening I just sing when I paddle Feeling not thinking If the strokes are true We're gonna get through To the other side now, Out in the night The waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding You can hear them roar oh, Roll me, rock me In my dreams You can roll me Rock me I like to sing, I love to dance. I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire light. All around the campfire light. All around, all around, all around the campfire light.
0: Ericenia purpurea by Emily Van Clay We find it tucked between stunted tamarack and the singular resplendence of wild cranberry, taproot with radial branching, sphagnum backsplash, bunched anemonic bouquet, more than any other plant, the bog's own creature. Saracenia worships water over light, fattens its leaves, gives them mouths to drink from. Late in the season, a single pinwheel rises above, lurked in shade, dries to a crackle, an obsolescent sun. Those leaves, their labial openings, veined red and green like frog skin, peach fuzz angled down to tangle their hair legs of caught insects, coerce them ever lower, gastric common room of the inner sanctum, where today two fruit flies float, immobile, their body specks, destined for speckless dissolution in no way more brutal than our own omnivoric conquests, yet we observe from a distance, unclear on the line that divides the monstrous from the sublime.